0: Welcome to the Impact Podcast. We pray that this message will help you to live God's Word, love like Jesus, and be led by the Holy Spirit every single day. Let's go ahead and get into this week's sermon. Tonight, I'm going to be in John chapter 9, verses 17 through 34. John chapter 9, verses 17 through 34. And we begin this story, just a little background. Jesus just healed a blind man with clay, told him to go to the pool, wash off. This man's been healed, and now he stands in front of the Pharisees, and this is where the scripture that we're reading for picks up. And verse 17 starts by saying, the Pharisees said to the blind man again, what do you say about him because he opened your eyes? The man said, he is a prophet. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of him who had received his sight. And they asked them, his parents, saying, is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see?'" His parents answered them and said, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind. But by what means he now sees, we do not know. Or who opened his eyes, we do not know. He is of age, ask him. He will speak for himself. In other words, say, your parents can't witness for you. Your parents can't testify for you. They can't answer for you. And then it says, His parents said these things because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had agreed already that if anyone confessed that he was the Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, He is of the age, ask him. So they called again, they again called the man who was blind and said to him, Give God the glory. We know that this man who is Jesus is a sinner. He answered and said, Whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I do know, I was blind and now I see. Then they said to him again, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And he answered them, I told you already. And you did not listen, and why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become one of his disciples? And the Pharisees revelled him and said, "You are Jesus' disciple. We're Moses' disciple. We know that God spoke to Moses. As for this fellow, we don't know where He is from." The man answered and said to him, "Why is this a mar- why? This is a marvelous thing." That you do not know where he is from, yet he has opened my eyes. Now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. Since the world began and has been unheard of, that anyone opened the eyes of the one who was born blind. If this man were not of, from God, he could do nothing. Verse 40, 34 says, they answered and said to him, you were completely born in sins and are teaching us. And they cast him out. Just for a few moments tonight, I'm going to be preaching on called to the witness stand. Called to the witness stand. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would give me grace to preach, that you would anoint these lips of clay, that they may speak your word. I come with no expectation other than the fact that you will do what you will to do in this service tonight. God, break chains, empower us. Let your spirit move in this place tonight. I will not take any glory for what you're going to do tonight, Lord. It's simply by your spirit that I'm up here. I pray that the word would go forth and not return void and that it would accomplish all that you've set it out to be. And in your name we pray, amen and amen and amen. For a few moments and I'm going to be preaching on the subject called to the witness stand. We read in John 15, 26 that Jesus tells his disciples, When the helper comes, who I shall send from my father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from God, he will testify and he will glorify me. The Spirit will testify of me. Again, Jesus says in Acts chapter 1, verses 8, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. The disciples were instructed by Jesus, the Lord, the one that they've spent all their time with, the one that they've seen the miracles with. They've now been prepared and instructed on what exactly they should expect When the Holy Spirit indwells a human vessel. You shall receive power. You shall be witnesses to me in all the ends of the earth. You shall be clothed with this power from on high. Unearthly power. Power from the Father. We must understand that the Holy Spirit's mission is to empower a believer to be an effective witness for Christ. The power to be a witness for Christ is not a gift of the Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit points to Jesus, and Jesus pointed to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can never be dumbed down to a shake and a shout. We cannot come into church and expect the move of God and, and, and come with this pre notion in our mind that, that when the Spirit moves, people fall out in the Spirit. And yes, these are things that, that we recognize come from the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit cannot be dumbed down to a tongue. It cannot be dumbed down to a talk. It cannot be come down to a to 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 a to a learned shout, a learned dance. Uh, people falling out in the spirit. I've been in church long enough to know that in my flesh I can talk in tongues. I can make my voice. I, I I can orate the sound of that. I can fall in the spirit in my flesh. I can dance in my flesh, and I can shout in my flesh. The Holy Spirit's none of those things. But without the 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 the, the testimony of Jesus and the glorification of Jesus that is not of the Holy Spirit if your shout does not give glory to Jesus there's no power in it to scare any any demon in hell let alone get anybody saved you can speak in tongues in church, but if af- after you do that, you go and talk bad about your neighbor, I can question whether or not you have the Holy Spirit, because that's not giving glory to Jesus. That's not giving glory to Savior. It's time we stop acting like we're filled with the Holy Spirit, and we actually have an indwelling of the Spirit to where we don't we leave and don't talk the same about our brother and sister. We can leave and, and, and not go to that same website we went to before. Because the Holy Spirit indwells us, everything that we do gives glory to Jesus. Think about a drill, a drill that you use to, 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 to put a nail in the wall. The drill itself in, 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 any situation that it calls for does not change. The drill itself is present in any situation, whether to hang a light in the ceiling or, 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 or to drill a two by four. But what changes is the drill bit. Depending and what the situation calls for, we can put different drill bits and different sizes. And, 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 and But at the end of the day, the drill never changes. It's the same with the Holy Spirit. The, the, the fact that the Holy Spirit testifies and glorifies Jesus... Is the drill, but you can, the God can adjust how He brings that home by, by, by the words of encouragement, the words of knowledge, the, 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 the tongues, the gifts of prophecy. God uses different gifts to drive the glorification of Jesus home in a believer and in a broken world. It's not the fact that you can shout on a Sunday that will tell the world who Jesus is. It's the fact that 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 shaking and shout testifies that I was once blind, but now I see. I was once broken, and now I'm healed. That is what the Holy Spirit will take of you and show the world. All of those things are good and well in church service and for a believer and we should all operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But to say that the Holy Spirit is nothing but a phantom blowing on you and and, and, and a wind that you can feel and goosebumps up and down your neck is not the Holy Spirit. Because if there is no glorification or testimony or witness of Jesus, there is no Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not an it. it. The Holy Spirit is a person. What do we mean by that? The Holy Spirit has a character. He has a nature. He has a personality. He likes certain things. He doesn't like certain things. And, and, and he has a dwelling place. The Holy Spirit is not a suggestion. The Holy Spirit was never meant for the Pentecostal movement. What even is a Pentecostal movement? I understand that there are different denominations, but, 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 but at the end of the day, the Holy Spirit has somehow been, denom- been denominationalized towards a certain group of people who, who are a little bit more consecrated than, than, than some other people and, and, and who speak in tongues and, and get drunk in the Holy Spirit and, and, and sometimes look a little crazy. Why has the Holy Spirit been stuck to a group The Holy Spirit's for every believer. Paul said, be not drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be ye filled with the Holy Spirit. He didn't say community, family, church, be ye filled with the Holy Spirit, or or, or the Pentecostals, or the Baptists, or the Methodists, or the Presbyterians. He said, be ye filled with the Holy Spirit. We can never denominationalize the Holy Spirit. You've just put God in a box we can't expect to see healings if the Holy Spirit is just the Holy Spirit of this church and that church, and, and, but not that church. That's not how God operates. And I tell you the mission of the Holy Spirit in, in this text to bring home the fact that the Spirit is what gives us supernatural power to be an effective witness for Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that takes a broken flesh pot like Paul, uh, like, like, like Peter, who just denied Jesus, and, and, and mold him and shape him into the one who preached on the day of Pentecost. It's the Holy Spirit that took Paul, one who killed Christians and, and blinded his eyes and all of a sudden turned him around so he could write one third of the Bible. It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's what takes the broken vessel to glory. The world that we live in has placed Jesus on trial to trying to find out the validity of who Jesus is. The world has heard so many different versions of the man Jesus, the prophet Jesus, the revolutionary Jesus, the weirdo in the desert Jesus, the hippie Jesus. There's been even people that have spread that Jesus himself was a homosexual. There are so many misconstrued views of our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ in this world. The world can't tell which one's the true Jesus. Jesus. The blame for that doesn't lie on the White House, the education system. The, the, the blame for this doesn't rely on, 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 on something somebody spread on a Netflix documentary or or, or or something else or a news story that said Jesus was, was this, but he wasn't. The, the blame for a misconstrued image of Jesus lies on a broken church who doesn't have enough boldness to stand before the demon powers of hell and say he was not gay, he was not just a prophet, he was not just a weirdo walking in the desert preaching something. No one's ever heard of. He was born of a virgin. He was. Uh-huh. Hey, 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 hey. He was. He, he, he was. He was crucified on a cross, and on the third day, he rose again unto glory, and he led captivity captive. That's the Jesus. That's the Jesus that the world needs to hear. Not a misconstrued Jesus. Not a Jesus born in, the, in a different city, or not a Jesus that was born two thousand years ago, but the true Jesus. The scripture that we read is an example of a verbal witness where the one who was healed by Jesus testified that whether he's a sinner or not, I do not know. But what I do know is that I was blind and now I can see. That's a verbal testimony. But let me go two chapters down in the book of John and to paint this picture because I need to drive this home to you so that you understand this. Two chapters later, Jesus is, 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 is confronted by two sisters. And these sisters inform Jesus that your friend Lazarus has died. Lazarus is dead. And, and, and Jesus says, this sickness is not unto death, but that the Son of God be glorified. In other words, Jesus is setting up this picture where, where, where there's going to be a miraculous moment and Jesus is going to get the glory. And as Jesus is walking and everybody's confronting him and telling him, Lazarus is dead, Jesus, Lazarus is dead. He finally gets to the tomb and everybody's watching him, even the Pharisees that are in this chapter and, and those who questioned Jesus and those who had doubts about who Jesus was and those who had a misconstrued image of Jesus and those who had their doubts and, their, and, 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 and all these uh, misconceptions about who Jesus was and these questions and, and that were unanswered at this point. But when they saw Lazarus walk out of that grave, there were no doubts. Every whisper of who Jesus was was confirmed. Every rumor was stopped under the ground because the world saw someone come out of a grave. And what I'm trying to say is you don't have to preach a message. You don't have to sing a song. All you've got to do, Impact, is walk out of that grave that you're in for the world to see. Once you walk out of that grave of depression, anxiety, addiction, whatever it may be, when you walk out of that grave just like Lazarus, the world is going to know who Jesus is. All you've got to do is walk out that grave. All you've got to do is walk out of that bondage that you're in. And those lost friends in your circle are going to notice something happened here. No one just quits drinking alcohol. No one just quits smoking weed. No one just quits cussing. No one just quits watching porn. That's the most addictive thing in this entire world. What happened? What happened, Brendan? What happened, Brendan? What happened, Robbie? The world's looking at you. And they're saying, we need to know, is it the gay Jesus? Is it the revolutionary Jesus? Is it the Weirdo in the desert, Jesus. Is it the cheap grace, Jesus? Is it is it someone who never even was named Jesus? But when they see you come out of that bondage impact, when they see you come out of that sin, they're gonna know who Jesus is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is no greater testimony and no greater witness in a resurrected life. I'm not telling you, you gotta fall over dead and be raised up to be a witness. What I'm saying is when you walk in the newness of life, when you step out of that grave and they lose your grave clothes and all of a sudden your face looks a little brighter and all of a sudden you start walking with a pip in your step and all of a sudden you start telling them about this man Jesus and they see this glory in your life that they've never seen before. No questions will be left unanswered because Jesus, Jesus is the one who did it. There is no greater testimony than a resurrected life not how well you can sing, not how well you can construct a message. Not how well you can you can uh, uh, convince people to come and sit in your pew next to you on a, on, on a Wednesday or on a Sunday. The greatest witness and the greatest testimony to Jesus is you living a changed life. Is you not walking the same way you walked before. You want to be a witness impact? You get a little changed. You come out of that grave. You come out of that grave and maybe we'll see some revival. Maybe we'll see some people healed once they know who Jesus is. The devil has tried to put this generation in the grave to shut them up and confuse them and, and cause them to question where is Jesus? He could have saved me. But what Jesus did was set it up because he knew that if Lazarus was, was just sick, that, 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 that the Pharisees would still have the question: who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Again, Balaam did miracles. All the you you, you know, the, the, the ones who, who were working for Pharaoh did the same exact thing that Moses did. But 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 what Jesus was setting up is I can't leave any doubts in. In these people's mind that I am the Christ, what I'm about to do is about to shake the world and confirm every word that I ever said, confirm every healing, every prophecy that was ever spoken to me, from Genesis to Malachi, what I'm about to do is confirm it through a resurrected life that I am the Christ, that I'm the one you should be following, that I'm the, I'm the one that you should be a disciple of. <laughs> Don't let the the devil convince you that God has left you in that grave and that it will be your resting place because Jesus is on the way to your grave. You've questioned why why am I stuck in this brokenness? Why am I stuck in this depression? Why am I why am I so depressed because my father my father isn't in the picture and and you seem to be stuck in this grave and and it seems like Jesus is nowhere to be seen. But what he's doing is setting up a testimony so that when you walk out of that grave, you're going to be on fire for him. You're got you're not going to have a doubt in your mind who Jesus is. That trouble only stands to be a testimony for him. You just wait because he's on the way. To you your grave you don't have to say a word once he calls you out of that grave all you have to do is walk out of the grave for the world to know that once you were bound and now you are free to walk out of that grave, Pastor Tad, is half the battle but to walk out in the newness of life, continue walking in it, that's the part that's the catch right there Romans 6, 4, Paul says, Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in the newness of life. Galatians 5, 1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. The devil is after your witness impact. The devil is after your testimony. The devil is after what Jesus has done in your life. I didn't understand conflict until I became a Christian. The Bible says in John chapter 9 that this man experienced Jesus. His eyes were covered with clay. He was anointed to go to the water. And when he got in the water, he was healed. And what's the first thing that happened once he was healed? Once his eyes were open, the Pharisees were right there questioning him. Once your eyes are open and once you walk out of that grave, the Bible also says that the Pharisees who plotted to kill Jesus also plotted to kill Lazarus. Once you walk out of that grave it's not all it's not all tiptoe through the tulips. It's walking in the newness of life because there's an opposition out there that wants to shut up your mouth. It, they- Lazarus would have died twice. He would have died three times if if, if the devil had his way because he was after the witness that Lazarus was once dead and now he's living. The devil wants to snuff out that testimony and that witness on your life because you have something. You have something. Like Pastor Tom said, the pirates of hell don't come after an empty ship. In fact, we have something. No wonder the devil's been after us. No wonder there's been a spiritual warfare going down on here because we've got something. We've got a testimony. We've got kids on on fire. We've got kids full of the Holy Spirit and not gonna stand, not, not not gonna stand down against the enemy's opposition, but who can stand boldly and continue walking it out. Walk in the newness of life. In the court of law, one of the most effective tactics of the prosecutor is to discredit the witness. Because the witness stands in the place of unbiased to where he can get the jury. To believe in the defendant. And if Jesus is on trial and you're on the witness stand, the prosecutor, the Bible calls him the accuser of the brethren. And before God, day and night, he's accusing you. Bringing up Callie, uh, look what Callie did, look what Brendan did, look what, look, look what Allie did, look what EJ did. Come on, look at him. Look at, look at this. Look at this failure. And the devil wants nothing but to discredit you discredits your witness, discredit you, so, so Jesus looks a little stupid on trial, so Jesus looks a little like, he, like he's not who he said he is on trial. Let me tell you something. God forgives, but people don't forget. Let me, let me draw this out for you real quick. God will forgive you if you mess up, but you have to forget that you're not only ministering to the Lord, you're ministering to people. And if your witness has been tainted by by some sin in your life and your devil and and, and the devil brings it before the and, and, and you're caught in this act, it will hinder your ministry. You can't go back and say Jesus changed me. Jesus, 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 broke the chains of addiction on my life and and and, and a, a, a sexual lifestyle. And and all of a sudden, those who the, the same people that you're witnessing to hear about you still having uh, sex before marriage, they're not going to know who Jesus is. They're going to think Jesus is somebody else than who he actually is because you've 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 let the devil take your witness. Every trap that the enemy has set is saying, come on, come get it, come get it. And as soon as you take it, the devil will take that and run with it. And all of a sudden, you lose your effectiveness. All of a sudden, people don't start believing when you talk about Jesus. And you're going to say, why? Why, does it, why, 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 can't, why can't anybody look past that? God will look past it, and he will wipe your slate clean. But don't forget about your integrity. Don't forget about your character. Don't forget about that when you're seen in the eyes of people, they have to understand who Jesus is. They have to see Jesus in your life. The devil is described in Revelation 12.10, as I said before, as the accuser of the brethren. Do not give the devil any ammunition to use against you. Don't give him anything to, 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 to look before you on the witness stand and, and bring this up and all of a sudden the jury looks and, and the world's on looking on you and, 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 and this sin is brought up in your life and all of a sudden the world says, well, Jesus must not be able to change people. He must not be able to save people from alcohol. He must not really be able to save people from addiction and fatherlessness and depression and anxiety because they've claimed that they've, that, they, that they've been changed, but here they are doing the same thing. So Jesus really must not be who he said he is. Do you understand that every, every decision you make, there are souls in the balance of every decision. There are souls watching, waiting to see how you react to certain situations, waiting to see how, uh, how you come out on the other side of it. The world is looking at us impact. Don't think that just because we're young... And, and, and that we, we, we still live in our parents' house, that, that we, we can't speak out and be a witness for Jesus. Christ has called us as a generation to show the world Jesus. Don't give the devil anything to say ill of you. Don't ruin your ministry. Don't ruin your effectiveness. It was a bad decision. Souls are on every decision that you make. Philippians two fourteen through 16 says, Do all things without complaining and disputing. That you may become blameless and harmless children of God, without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain or or, or labored in vain. Second Corinthians chapter 2, verses 14 through 15 say, Now thanks be to God, who always leads us in, in us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. For we are to God the fragrance, everybody say fragrance, the smell. The smell of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. Too many of us claim to be witnesses but still smell like the world. Too many of us claim to to be witnesses for Jesus, but we come home smelling like trash. We come home smelling like garbage. If, if, if. I worked at McDonald's for a night and didn't tell Faith, and I came home. She would know. She would know. You're not fooling anybody. You're not fooling anybody. You smell like the world. You smell like the world. Don't tell people that you're a witness for Jesus, but you show them a different Jesus. Don't tell people you show them Jesus if you still stink, if you still smell like Lazarus when he came out of that grave. Too many witnesses, too many claim to be witnesses still smell and look like the world. In other words, don't tell the world that it's wrong to have sex before marriage and go and have sex before marriage. Don't tell the world that be not drunk with wine and which is dissipation and be caught on Snapchat drinking that Saturday. Don't talk about how weed is, God, God didn't create weed to, 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 to smoke your brains out and go smoke your brains out. I mean it's, I mean, I can't put it any plainer. Your witness for Christ means that you look like Christ. You talk like Christ. You walk like Christ. You hang around, the, you hang around uh, people that exalt Christ. It's time we stop playing. It's time we stop claiming to, to know Jesus. It's time we stop acting like we're witnesses for Jesus. It's time we stop putting on a show and go out in the world and show them just exactly who Jesus is. And nothing can do that better than a changed life. Jesus Christ is the high priest of heaven, which means he represents us before the throne of God in heaven. His representation of us before the throne of God in heaven and before the mercy seat, his representation of us in heaven calls for us to be representatives of him down here. That's why the Holy Spirit came to empower believers to be witnesses in all of Judea and of all of Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So he could take a flesh pot like me, Caleb Farsing, who was an alcoholic at the age of 16, addicted to marijuana, living a promiscuity lifestyle, and make him a preacher. It's nothing that I have done. It is nothing that I can ever do. I can never come up with a sermon. I can never speak. my, My words melt together. But the Holy Spirit can take a flesh pot, a broken individual, and make them something for Jesus. Too many people think the anointing is them and not God. Too many people think the Holy Spirit is used of them to, to get them a girlfriend or a boyfriend and to make themselves sound spiritual. Buddy, if you claim to have the Holy Spirit and everything that you do does not glorify Jesus, you don't have the Holy Spirit. I mean, it, 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 we have to stop beating around the bush. The Holy Spirit indwelling a believer means that they look like Jesus. Come on. Going against the grain here, and I don't mean to shock you or cause you to fall out of your seat, but inviting someone to church is the weakest witness that you could ever give. The weakest witness. Because what you've just done is, is, is put the responsibility on Pastor Tad or Pastor Tom to fill them in on who Jesus is in one service, one Sunday or one Wednesday. Your job is to look like Jesus, be the fragrance of God in Christ to the believers among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. Guys, we have a broken world out there. We don't need to invite them to church just so that we can feel good that we have another seat filled or that our church is a little bit packed. We don't need a good singer. We don't need a, a good message. All we need is to show them Jesus We don't need a packed out church and a charismatic pastor. We need to show them Jesus. Stop putting the responsibility upon your pastor to tell them everything about Jesus. You've encountered him. You've met him. You've read about him. You've been indwelled with him. He knows who you are. Why don't you show them? Why don't you show them Jesus? Is it something about being labeled a Christian that scares you? Is there something about bearing the name of Jesus and picking up your cross daily that we had to pass it on to our pastor? If the world knows more about your pastor than your Jesus, that's not being a witness. If the world knows what song they sang on Sunday, but didn't know how many lives were transformed, you're not being a witness. To be a witness, to be a witness is to show them Jesus. Not How good's your girlfriend look being a worship leader? Not the person that you can't tolerate saying, oh my gosh, did you see them? If if the world knows more about your pastor than they do about Jesus, you have failed at being a witness. Point blank, period. (laughs) Are we really going to stand before God on judgment day and say all we've done is invite them to church? What does that mean? What does that mean, to invite them to church? What, what church? What, what church is it? I mean, I don't know if it's Buddhist. I don't know if it's Islamic. I don't know what it is. You just invited them to church, but not, not once that ever came out of your mouth was what Jesus did for you, how he changed your life. I find it hard to believe you even have a changed life if you can't speak for the man that did it. Come on. Look, I understand that this isn't a message you can shout to, but if you take this message, someone else might come through those doors and shout because of it. Have you ever thought that maybe someone's deliverance before the fall isn't you and it's your lost friend and your lost loved one who's begging, begging to know if this is Jesus, if it's really Jesus, if it's really Jesus? Take this message and run with it. Because it might just save someone. They have to come for something. Don't just invite them to church. The Bible says in Luke that John the Baptist is in prison. And, and all these rumors are going around about who Jesus is and what Jesus is doing. And John sends his disciples to Jesus. And they say, We gotta know. What do we go tell John? Are you the one or do we look for another? Are you the one who who, who is prophesied and and, and 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 the one who's gonna stomp on the devil's head and, and and he's gonna bruise your heel? Are you the one or do we look for another? Are you the one who, who, who came to heal the brokenhearted, came to preach the gospel to the poor, open the blinded eyes and open the deaf ears, or do we look for another? Jesus took one look at him and said, you go and tell John. The blind see. The deaf ears are open. The lame walk. The poor have the gospel preached to them. Your job is to go and tell John everything that's happening here. Your job is to go and tell John that Brinston was healed when he was a baby. Your job is to go and tell John that, 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 that people are transformed and, and addictions are falling off and families are being brought together. Your job is to go and tell John that Jesus is the one. Go and tell John, Impact. Go and tell John all that's happening in Impact. If there's something to tell someone about, you will tell it. If it's worth something to you, if you believe in the power of Jesus transforming, uh, like Ted calls it, a tough nut, then you'll tell them about it. Your denial of telling people about Jesus shows a lot about your faith in that Jesus. If you really believe that he was a Jesus who can tr- transform someone's life and, 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 and heal, then you'll tell somebody about it. Which Jesus are you serving? Your lack of witness is a testament to your faith in Christ. Because if, you, if you've met Jesus, if you've known Jesus, if, if he is a, came into your life in your brokenness, in the, in the darkest night of your life, you can't help but tell people. Go read the Bible. Everyone who Jesus healed, he said, don't go and tell anybody. But they couldn't help but tell about Jesus. Because there's something to tell people about. Because he's that good, impact. He's that good to me. I've got to tell people. The broken heart of a sinner does not need a small group or a social club or a packed out church or, or, or a good singer or someone who can sing Maverick City and, and hit the right key. The broken heart of a sinner does not need any of those things. They might be good. They might be good for discipleship and bringing you up. But the broken heart of a sinner needs to know that Jesus is the one. You don't have to look for another. You don't have to look for someone else. i found who you need. i found what you want. i found what can heal your brokenness. At the heart of every sinner is a question, is he the one or do we look for another? Stop looking at sinners and as, as a plague and someone to, 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 to run away from and avoid. A sinner needs to hear Jesus. At the heart of every sinner is that question. Is he the one or do we look for another? But Jesus stood before Pilate with no witness. Jesus stood before Pilate with no one to testify of himself. He had no one to back him up on what he said, so Jesus stood silent. Not because Jesus didn't have anything to say. Jesus wasn't silent because Jesus could've, could have spoken words that would have blew Pilate's mind, and Pilate would have had no idea but to let him go. But Jesus stood silent because he knew that in a couple days, a blood-bought church would rise out of the pits of hell. A blood-bought impact would impact the world in 2021. Jesus didn't have to witness of himself there because he knew that in a couple days, a couple days, a couple days, that supernatural Holy Spirit that was prophesied in the book of Joel would be, would, would be outpoured on the church, and he would have millions and millions of witnesses for him that would tell the world exactly who he is. Church, we've been called to the witness stand. We've been put up there on the witness stand. We've been, we, we, we've been questioned, is this the one or do we look for another Is this the one or do we look for another? We have to show the world who Jesus is. Thank you for listening to the Impact Podcast. We hope that it blessed you as much as it blessed us. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at ImpactYM. We love you. We hope you have a great rest of your day.